Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have Moreland Greenwood. Born in Jamaica. Football player, soccer player, boxer, musician. Can't wait to speak to him. How have you guys been doing? You know, it hasn't been long. We've been speaking up pretty much frequently in this pandemic. How are you guys doing? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. You know, it's interesting. I I walked down the street out here near the beach and you have your, your people who don't wear masks and who do. The funniest ones to me are like the girl that will wear the mask because it's always the girl, by the way, who wears the mask and the guy who refuses to wear the mask. <laughs> it may sound ridiculous, but I feel like stapling a mask to his face just for anything else is that he's ugly. You know, I would think that the uglier side of Los Angeles would want to wear a mask. I mean, you wait for the day all your life. <laughs> the cover face, my, my eyes are my best features. Well, now you know what Batman feels like, guys. <laughs> now everybody's going back to school. Heard a story of a girl. She took a picture of her cla- of her uh, classroom hallway, and it was just packed, packed full of, you know, sausage and beans, just a bunch of kids. And she got suspended. It got reversed a couple of days later when it hit CNN, CNBC, even Fox News. I mean, it got reversed, but nobody wanted to see how badly people were handling it. In that day, four people got the coronavirus it's, it's amazing I'm not saying that it's an easy problem I'm not saying it's an easy problem to fix but shouldn't it be a problem we should fix uh, no just my mentality just my mind you know we may not necessarily be the best country in the world when it comes to certain things but we were innovators we were the ones who created a lot of great, great concepts. And you think one of the greatest concepts we can discover is how to get rid of a disease. <laughs> how to get rid of a virus called COVID-19. You know, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy. But I would think that you drop everything to get rid of this. Because it destroys commerce. It destroys entertainment. It destroys people's jobs, lives, communication puts people into a depression Uh, it does a lot of very very abstract and weird things to human beings to be in such isolation for such a long time I haven't seen so many uh, blog talks or so many talk shows in my entire life I remember when I did mine there was two people besides me Deepak Chopra and the Dalai Lama that's how rare having your own radio program was. It was incredible. 
Now I look and I search for radio programs and I find a thousand, more than a thousand. Everybody's doing it from their backyard just, just for asking giggles, you know. They're doing, they're doing it because they're TikTok stars or I don't blame them or Instagram stars or Facebook. Whatever. I don't think anybody uses Facebook anymore, but you know what I'm saying. So I find I find it quite amusing. So I hope you guys are doing okay. I hope you're doing well. And Moreland's waiting for us. Let's, let's let's bring him on. Let's give him a little clap here and see how he's doing. Moreland, you there? Uh, yes, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Just giving you a little clap there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely really appreciate that. Appreciate the welcoming. Everyone yeah. needs one of those. Oh. So you're, 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 you're not, you know, we've met, you know, full disclosure, we met a couple of years ago at mm-hmm. the, uh, the bodybuilding um, um, uh, contest, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. That was a great, yeah, it was a great time. I, I remember interviewing you uh, over there, and then I, then the, you know, because I did it on my iPhone, the, the interview just disappeared mm-hmm. off, the, off the hook of my hands. But how have you been? <laughs> hey, you know, uh, it's been, man, when I think about it, it's probably in 2015. Yeah. That was uh, back in 2015, yeah. I think. It was, um, five years ago. But, yeah, but, 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 you know, definitely... Uh, time has flying, has flown by, um, and a lot of things have, have happened since then. Um, you know, I started well, the Morning Green Foundation. Hmm? Well, let's talk, let's talk about that in a, in a, in a couple of seconds because I want I want to I want to roll backwards mm-hmm. and, and talk a little bit about your, about your youth because you were not born in LA. You were born in Kingston, Jamaica, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I was born in uh, in uh, Kingston, Jamaica, in uh, nineteen nineteen seventy eight down there. I yeah. came to the States when I was 11. I got, uh, you know, from a big family. I have seven brothers and four sisters. Um, so, like, when we came to the when we came to the state, we resided in uh, Freeport, Long Island. And um, there, you know, I was fortunate to have my father that always uh, tell me about the importance of education and, and to sure. always do my best, you know, in anything that I did. You know, he used, right. he used to say this to me. Do your best at any contest, and God will do the rest. That's what he used to say to me. Yeah. And uh, so in everything that I did, um, I always put my best foot forward. But since I was a child, since I was five years old, I wanted to uh, help my family. Because um, yeah. I saw how hard my father worked, and um, I saw right. how hard my mom worked. And, you know, I, I just wa- it, it was like a passion of mine. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I thought I was going to do it by becoming a doctor. So. I was on the yeah. honor roll, I honor with marking period. You know? Well, Jamaica, Jamaica, when you were born, was not really known for uh, criminal activity at all. It was actually quite a, um, a bustling economy. Uh, we had a deal with America with, uh, with bananas through Jamaica, and it went to, it went to Puerto Rico later on. But, but, but Jamaica was really, was really a good economy. And later on, when we, we turned over the, uh, the, the banana deal to somebody else, it became marijuana and what have you. So that's when you saw the crime rate risen up. How, how many friends yeah. do you say, say things like that to you, and how many times do you get frustrated that they, that they equate 
uh, like drugs and, and Jamaica together, which was just not true, by the way. Oh, well, you know, um, I have not experienced many of those uh, um, experiences with anyone, uh, but I know they normally uh, affiliate Jamaica with being uh, Rastafari because of Bob Marley, right. <laughs> you know, <Right>. and uh, <laughs> so so yeah, that uh, you know that 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 uh, always that comes to their mind when they think of Jamaica, they think of Bob Marley. But there's really? a, there's a lot more more to Jamaica, you know, uh, uh, down there in in Ocho Rios, Montego Bay, and uh, yeah. up, up in the resort areas where so beautiful. Uh, those are some really 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 beautiful areas. Um, and you know they're working on building up uh, uh, Jamaica and, and and building up so that uh, you know everywhere can be more, I guess, uh, uh, m- more well equipped for the people living there. You know, right. um, and uh, and uh, yeah, but but um, still, if if that ever comes up, if 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 someone ever says that, you know, sometimes people just it's just ignorance, you know. So sometimes right. they don't know, and I say that as an opportunity to uh, educate them and let them know yeah. about the many things Jamaica has to offer, you know. So I, I um, went to Jamaica when I, when I was a, when I was a young man, and uh, yeah, I went to I went to Kingston. And I enjoyed oh, yeah. myself so much. I, I relate uh, conch, the the animal conch, with Jamaica, because some uh, some guy opened up a conch shell, put it inside a bag, put all kinds of like limes, lemons, onions, and mixed it together, and it handed it to me, and it was the best thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. Oh, so wow. that that and that's what I relate to Jamaica every single time. You know, it's it's funny you say that because. Uh, I I love Jamaican food, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like the oxtail, curry chicken. You know the oh. jerk chicken. You know the the, uh, the steamed fish, uh, brown stew fish, uh, the fried yeah. fish, all all, all types of rice and peas. You know, and also yeah. all the ground food too: the yam, cassava, the plantain. Uh, oh, you yeah. also have uh, the ackee and sawfish. You know, ackee and you cockfish. mentioned you mentioned oxtail, and my mouth got watery. That's that's funny. <laughs> that, that that could happen. You mentioned oxtail, and my whole mouth got filled with water. I was like, "Whoa, that food is so good!" Oh my so god! Good, and man. you talk about the curry so rice. Good, People wouldn't think curry rice would come, you know, would be in Jamaica, but Jamaica is such a multicultural uh, environment, especially when it comes to food. Yeah, you know, um, they, they uh, it's, it's funny you say that because uh, one time. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends, and um, I had introduced him to a friend of mine, and and he was uh, he was Asian, right? He was look looking yeah. look look Asian. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he started speaking patois, and the guy was just looking at him like, okay. <laughs> You're from Jamaica? Yeah, man, yeah, man, man, Jamaica, I'm come from, <laughs> you know. And, oh and they God. were like. Yeah, yeah, they were just like, but but it's like it's 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 very mixed. And uh, one of our saying in Jamaica is that out of is is um out of many one people. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a great that's, one. That's yeah, one yeah, which is the oh, same absolutely. thing. Which is the same thing all around the world. You know, out of many, we're all one people. So, um, uh, well, yeah, uh, you, uh, Jamaica. Uh, eh? but, Go ahead, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to say Jamaica. You know, uh, going to Jamaica, even when I go down there, 
on, on, on a vacation or to visit relatives. Um, if just something happens when the plane lands, it's like you just feel like a, a, oh, yeah. a lift. You know, you just feel like um, relaxed. Yeah. You feel great. You know, the vibe is like, yeah. a, it's like they it's always like say, you, you feel Irie, man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Now we always do Everything Irie, man, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I remember I, I, I had a friend when I was a little boy, and he went to Jamaica, you know, and he was staying in an all-inclusive hotel. He didn't want to leave at all. He wanted to really just stay inside. He was afraid. And there was guys yeah. in the boats, you know, the guys in the boats that, you know, that they, they throw over things over the fence and what have you, if you, if you give them money. And yeah. this guy's never, this guy's never done a drug in his life. He just got married mm-hmm. and it was a mushroom marijuana bread. And he, he wanted to tell me the story and he woke up three days later. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, why wow. would you do? I'm like, why would you do that? You've never done a drug in your entire life. He goes, I thought this was a good time. It's like, oh, no, no, no. no. He, he slept for three days. He slept for three days. He doesn't remember three days. And he's a simple, wow. small guy who works on the computers and he's, he has his own company. Never done, doesn't drink, never done a drug in his life. It's like, why would yeah. you do that? <laughs> why would you do that? <laughs> Such a fool. Yeah, so, anyways, <laughs> so you so you you move from Jamaica when you're five years old, and you go over to New York. Now, now, what is that experience like? I, I you you're young, but you're yeah. able to to understand what is happening. Yeah, you know, I, I was very excited, and I was actually um um eleven when I came. And I oh, came to Freeport, uh, Long Island. Yes, um, but but five is when I had the division of um, um, helping my family. Um, okay. But but uh, um, but um, I've always want you know everybody living in Jamaica, in not, not just Jamaica but other places around the world. Like the dream is to come to America, you know. Uh, right. Uh, and um, we were so excited about that opportunity to come here. I remember. Coming here, one of the first things I was just so excited to see was was snow. You know, I wanted to wow. see the, the snow actually falling from the sky. I remember when it was getting colder, um, we were we went outside and when it started to snow, we looked up and the snow coming down, and we were so amazed. And and wow. and that lasted for about two years because after that we were t- sick and tired of snow. <laughs> so cold. This is but, cold. But uh, <laughs> cup of coffee here, the plane, the snow, building the snowman, all that stuff was cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know there was the thing of um, you know there wasn't really much of a a transition as far as um uh you know communication and stuff because in Jamaica. Right. We, we 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 speak English, but we also have the patois where we speak the broken English. So we understood sure. uh, so to be able to communicate with the kids in school um, um, was 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 easy. And there were a lot of the kids were intrigued when they find out you're from Jamaica as well and want to know more more about it. And we were intrigued with with uh, with Americans because we wanted to find out more about them. So it 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 it, it was mutual and. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but then uh, you know, at the time I played soccer, and yeah, I, I really didn't know much about any other sports. You know, I was focusing on school. You know, was, was soccer, soccer a, a big sport in, back in Jamaica, or was it just something you picked up in America? Yeah. 
No, you, you, I was playing soccer since I was uh, probably uh, five or six years old. Wow. Um, and um, and I was pretty good at it. And and when I came here, I joined the soccer team, and um, I remember I was the MVP, MVP the first year. Uh, and we uh, I just continued to play soccer and then went up to um, continue to play. And because that's pretty much what we knew there in Jamaica. I didn't know anything about football. I didn't know anything uh anything about uh any other sport. But in Jamaica the big sports are, you know, cricket, soccer and um track and field. Now cricket uh, is most likely the, because of the op- occupation of the of the British colonies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that game that Absolutely. game really weirds me out, I'm telling you. <laughs> cricket, right? <laughs> <laughs> it just weirds me out every single time. Because you know, I would I would like to think that I that I understand sports but every time i see cricket i'm like i i, I don't get this I, I i want somebody to explain this to me <laughs> how does this work <laughs> and how many days does it last <laughs> yeah I, I i myself have to um learn the rules myself i never really yeah. played it uh yeah. but but watching was always like um it was always intriguing to, to watch and but i know that the ball is pretty tough you know yeah. that that uh, uh and you just like the baseball you just like baseball but I, I i i'm not sure if the balls are made similar but i think the um it may be a little bit different i think they're a little bit no tougher. they they are not made the same you get hit by a cricket ball mm-hmm. you are getting knocked out that's what i remember i haven't i haven't seen it in such a long time i didn't want to yeah but i as far as i recall i remember that, that those balls were were really yeah. really tough. I and, played um, cricket with a bunch of a yeah. uh, bunch of Americans, and uh, I, I hit the ball pretty hard, and everybody just like ran out of the way, <laughs> you know. And that's when I knew <laughs> that that cricket ball was really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? So it's it's uh, the the uh, the bat is a lot bigger than baseball. Yes, you know um, the paddle, yeah, and that's why I never really understood how someone could really hit a baseball. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> until I actually came over here, started playing some softball and stuff. Never actually baseball, but but uh, I know that was a um, a pretty difficult thing to do. So those are oh, professional becoming like a professional in anything is always um, sure. need to be uh, commended. You know, um, need to be commended for for their um, accomplishments. Because it's, it's she, very difficult to, to do that. She, she came over to America when you were 11. And, you know, your, uh-huh. your father said to you, you know, to focus on your education. You really wanted to focus on your education and you're, you're with your father and what have you. Where, mm-hmm. where, where did you go? Where did you go to school? And how, and how was it like for you? Uh, well, I went to school. Um, living live in Freeport. went to uh, the, um, Atkinson was the first school I went to, which is the, the school from the elementary school. Um, and then I went to Dodd Junior High, and then when I went to Freeport High School, and you know, like yeah. I mentioned, I played soccer. I played soccer up until mm. to, to then, and I continued. So you, you, you you kept on playing soccer throughout all, grade school, high school, and then almost when you went to college, right? Oh yes, yes. So I when I was in ninth grade, I had a gym teacher by the name of Russ Sellen that got me involved in in mm. um, in wrestling my sophomore year. And uh, I'll have to tell this story. I was in gym class one time, and uh, he had this. He wanted to play this game called King of the Mat. 
King of the Mat is a, a wrestling game for for gym classes, but he wanted to make it safe. So he had everyone on there. Everybody had to be on their knees, um, you know, to eliminate the fall, you know, the, the height of, of falling to the ground. But it's all just the one move called a pancake, you know, where you pull down on the tricep on one arm and you and you just trying to flip the guy over and just, just pin him. Well, I, I end up pinning everybody. Um, first time learning it, uh, first time getting down there, I, I pinned. This. These were like guys that were bigger than me, smaller than me, wow. guys that were on the wrestling team, guys that weren't. And uh, I just I won it three times in a row uh, out of the 45-minute uh, uh, gym period. And afterwards, <laughs> when he saw that, he, he pulled me aside and said, uh, Marlon, uh, you know, you should, uh, you should really think about joining the wrestling team. And at the time, I looked at him and I said, uh, "I said, I said, uh, Coach, uh, um, I'm not." At the time, I wasn't my coach, but I called him Mr. Sellen. I said, uh, "Mr. Sellen, I, I don't think I'm big enough to jump off those ropes, right?" <laughs> and he, he looked at me and he was like, "He was like, it's not WWF, <laughs> right?" <laughs> because I came from Jamaica, right? And I'm what? Yeah. I'm watching yeah. WWF Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. So when you say wrestling, I'm like, I have to look at me. I'm like, uh, I think at the time I was like 165 or 170 or something like that. And uh, right. in ninth grade, and I was like, I'm not big enough to do that. And uh, and so so I didn't end up going out to wrestling un- until my uh, sophomore year. And I ended up going out to wrestling my sophomore year once I learned a little bit more about it. And uh, I took fourth in the county my first year, and he was the assistant wrestling coach, but he was the head football coach. And after he saw that, how fast I picked up wrestling, he recruited me for football. Now, it took him like one month to convince me to play football because football and soccer was in the same season, and I've been playing soccer my entire life. That's like telling someone that's been playing football his entire life, his junior year, hey, come over here and let's go uh, play soccer. They're going to be like, what? I mean, some play soccer. This is, you know, because in Jamaica, soccer is the sport, you know, that everyone plays. Right. Plays. Right. Just like in America, football is like the sport. So it's it, it was tough. But um, the coach told me, Marlon, football starts two weeks before soccer. If you like it, try it out. If you don't, you can always go back to soccer. And I thought about it, and I talked to my father about it, and my father just said, Marlon, you know, um, I don't know too much about the, the the football stuff, but all I can say is, you know, if you do it, do your best, just like he always tell me. And um, and uh, and that's when I started. So I started, went out to football, started the two weeks before, and yeah. the first day when when I stepped on the football field, I uh, really enjoyed it. And and uh, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna play this. I really enjoy the game. I, l- I like the contact. Um, yeah. I uh, I play defensive end. My coach told me three things. He said, Oh, defensive end up here. Nice. Yeah, yeah. The first year, yeah, because he wanted to make it simple. He didn't want me to think about drop pass, dropping back in the pass <laughs> coverage and all that. Stuff. So he said, he said, line up here. Don't be outside. And wherever you see the football, just go get it. That's all he told me. That's it. Right. That's all I did my first year. <laughs> and after my first year uh, playing, I got offered a full scholarship to Syracuse University. Wow. After one year of playing American football. And That's incredible. Here's, here's another thing. I Go didn't ahead. even know that you could even get a scholarship. I didn't know what a scholarship was because we weren't even talking about those conversations in, in, the, in the household. 
you know, so you had parents, no idea what a scholarship was that you're going to get a scholarship from football. You start, you, 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 no you, you play football for the first year and you pick up a scholarship. Yes. That's insane. I, I was just, I was just playing football to do my, to do my uh, coach a favor. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he did you a favor. <laughs> exactly. I was doing. I was saying that. Oh, let me do the coach a favor. He really wanted me to play football, and that's exactly how. But but I went out there. I, I I put my best into it and everything. And then at the end of the year, I'm like, wow, um, a scholarship. Because when he, I remember when he called me into the office, he said, Marlon, I just got off the phone with the head coach of Syracuse, and uh, he wants to offer you a full scholarship. And I'm sitting wow. down there looking at like. What is he talking about? <laughs> and then, what does that mean? He thought, yeah, he thought he was like he was like Marlon. This is a big deal. You should be excited. And I'm like, uh, well, coach, I really don't know what uh, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. He was like, do you know how much how hard it is to get? A, I said, well, everybody gets a scholarship, right? <laughs> Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! He must have been dying inside. He must have been dying. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, everybody don't get a scholarship. There's there's people that uh, play football for a long time just to get in. Here you are, just play for one year, and you and you're you're getting a a, a full scholarship. Yeah. And then I remember I went home. I told my parents, and they were yeah. excited. So then I was like, this must be a big deal, and. uh and then when I actually went up to Syracuse and did my um, um, my, my first visit my junior year, because you could do it like yeah. an unofficial visit your junior year, and I did that. And when I went up there, I was, then everything started to open up in my mind. I'm like, wow, wow, this is a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, you and, know, uh, let, let me let me let me go back real fast. You know, you, you spoke mm-hmm. about your father, you spoke about your your family, but you you didn't say anything about your mother. What what, oh, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah. What's no, going on no, there? my mother, um, she was, uh, yeah, um, she was there. When I was five years old, I was thinking about how hard my father had to work, and I said uh, how hard my mother worked. Uh, um, I, I, I said that as well. So, But the reason why I mentioned when I came up here and I, was, and I spoke to my father, my mom yeah. was uh, still in Jamaica. Um, she huh. she didn't come to America until, like, because uh, her and my father um, uh, split um, when my father yeah. first came to America, you know, the wow. long distance and everything. Um, sure. The long distance and stuff before he sent for us and stuff kind of, you know, got into it and it was difficult. So right. it, it didn't work out. Um, uh, but uh, I was fortunate to have a, have, a, have a stepmom that really t- took care of us. And when we right. came, she, uh, she was there and, and took care of us. But then my mom came over to the States in um, – I think 1994, 1994, she came. Wow, okay. About yeah, five, years, years ago. five years later. So, so yeah. she was there and she was able to come to the games and stuff like that and, and wow. see me and come to Syracuse and all that. Yep. And, and that must have been. Always, it was always what? nice going over to Brooklyn to uh, eat all the nice Jamaican food that my mom made. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yep, that's mom. So it, it, it was pretty cool. It was, it was awesome. I was fortunate to um, have a. A, a real good father, a, a good yeah. good mom, and a, and a good yeah. stepmom. So good stepmom, um, yeah. And and how did mm-hmm. how do they feel? I mean, going back to the 
you know, the fact that you, you got a scholarship or have you, how, how did they feel about that? Did they, did they share it? Were they excited for you? Did they understand as much as you did? What happened? Yeah. You know, uh, they, they understood it a little bit more because when I, I remember when I told them they were, they were, they were happy, but I know that, um, reason why we didn't really have conversation like that because you know i think because in jamaica we didn't the structure like it was over here in the united yeah. states and I, I don't think it was such a, a a structure like that there while they were growing up so i think they weren't um didn't know of all the different benefits that were out there that you could actually you know do real good in school and based on your performance or how you did in sports you could get a scholarship and how big right. football was you know, so they right. they they didn't they didn't know that, but but they knew how that they knew what what the scholarship did. They they had a better understanding of it um, right. than than I did, and they were they were really proud. They were excited. You know, I was the first one from my um from my family um to you know go to uh to go to college. You know, the first nice. one. Um, wow! And I got my degree. I got my degree and everything because my father. Well, you 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 went over your you went over your junior year, and that's the first time that you saw like you know what you were getting yourself into, and how how oh, yeah. you know yeah go ahead. No, oh yeah, yeah. Um, like I remember, uh, going up to Syracuse. So I I selected Syracuse because it's a Division One school. It was five hour, five hours away by driving um, to um, from Freeport, so my family it was very important for me for my family to be able to come visit. Um, and also, when I went to the school and I saw the the um, the the education and also the uh, the um, the facilities and also the the uh, the the professionalism of 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 the school and and the coaches and and everyone there, I was just mm. you know I was like this is the school I'm coming to because I here I am didn't play football um, only played football for one year and they saw enough in me and they believed in me um, so I said and they were the Division One A school so that's the highest um, uh, Division One school division school you can go to uh, so I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna I'm going to play for them because they believe in me. Um, right. And here I am, someone that don't have that much experience in playing playing football, and they're they're investing all of this scholarship into me. So, um, right. and I'm and I always I'm I'm always wanting to um, give respect where respect is due because um, for them having that uh, belief in me, that just makes me want to put out even more and show them that they didn't make a mistake and 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 that. Well, uh, I'm gonna come come there and, and perform. So yeah, I, high school, I high, school football, high school football mm-hmm. and college football are almost completely different. I mean, you you were going for harder hits, bigger plays, uh, bigger strategies. How, how was it like transitioning from high school to college? So so there was a I, I wanna before the transition to to college, I had to make a transition to linebacker because. And um, Syracuse wanted me to play their will linebacker position, which is a, po- a position because I was literally, you know, running all all over the field cause in, in high school because my coach told me, line up here, don't be offside, and we ever see the football, just go get it. So that's all I was doing. Whoever had the football, 
I was going to get him. Whether the quarterback had it, whether the quarterback <laughs> threw the ball down the field, <laughs> and and the receiver had it. So I was playing defense, man. I was chasing receivers from 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 the line of scrimmage, making tackles like sixty wow. to seventy yards down the field. And then they were like, scary. man, this guy, you know, this guy is uh, this guy is all over the field. So so um, <clears throat> I, I so so my senior year, I started playing linebacker. So I played middle linebacker, and I was just doing the same thing I was doing when I was playing defense. Then line up, line up where I lined up, and just going to the ball. Well, right. Well, I had to find out things the hard way when um, we played a team by the name of uh, a Uniondale, and they ran a, a whole bunch of counter plays. I don't know if you know what the counter plays are, but oh counter yeah, counter plays. Is, yeah, yeah. When a running back steps one way, and, and it's go, it's really meant to go the other way. Well, I. I oh, wasn't yeah. reading the guard. I wasn't reading the line of the triangle. You have to be able to read the running back through the triangle, reading the uh, the guards. And yeah. and I was uh, I, I was lost during that game. You know, I, I ended up making about eight tackles, but it looked bad. I was miss miss stepping <laughs> and not going because misdirection. And, yes. and I remember <laughs> I remember the coach. The coach, uh, you know, pulled me aside, uh, you know, after that game and when uh, after the game and and we end up winning the game. But uh, he said, Marlon, uh, you know, maybe we should move you to outside linebacker because uh, you you would only have one side that you have to worry about. And, right. And I, and I told I told him, you know what? Let me try it for one more week. And uh, he said, uh, and and he he had the faith in me. And then in practice, when we we're in practice, he, he it dawned on him that. I've never learned how to read the um, triangle. No one, you know, this is my second year playing football. Even though I'm doing so well, I don't really know much about the game, right? So <laughs> right. he set up a drill and he said, if you, if the running back steps here and you see the the guard pulls, the play is going the other way. So we ran a few drills like that, and I tell you, guess what? The next team, the next team we we, we played run. Nothing but counter plays. They were like, they were coming up the next game. They were like, we're going to. And I made 18 tackles during that game. I, wow. Man, I lit, them, I, I lit them up. I remember one time I made yeah. like four, four, four tackles in a row. And, 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 uh, um, um, because it went forward on fourth down. And all of them you're, was you're, like, you're, what, uh, we, you're what we call in the football field a menace. That is menacing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, eight, yeah eight, 18 smashes in, in a game is, is insane. That's insane. Man, I'm telling you, I, w- I, was, I was happy. I, w- I was really, really happy to do But you know what, though? I had a great coach. I had a great coach. I see, see the potential, and that's where, yeah. that's where the, um, the importance of having a good mentor and having a good coach and having a, yeah, faith a in you. good leader yeah. uh, that, that, that's leading you. And, yeah. Um, so, and, yeah, and then going up to college now, the difference is from high school to college is everything became, everything was so much different fundamentals and technique that was involved. You have to learn every single coverage, have a certain technique like you have to play, every single formation, the fronts, uh, the gap responsibilities, the the right. different um, uh, down and distances that you have to learn, and and what do they do? All of those things I didn't really knew in college, didn't knew in high school because my uh, my coach didn't want to put too much on me. But right. what my what Syracuse did for me, which was I was very thankful for, I was what they call a developmental 
um, developmental, meaning that I would I would pay attention on, to the practice, and but I wouldn't um, I wouldn't practice. I, my job is to stand there and learn. And right. I remember a lot of the guys did, that was one of the first time they had a player like that. Uh, and that's how much they, they how much uh, trust they had in me, and and uh, because a lot of the guys that were on practice squad and everything was like, man, how come Mar- Marlon is not doing anything? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else is practicing, and you just standing here. But right. I, I I want to practice. I watched what they were doing. I knew what they the plays were running. I knew. I, and uh, after practice, I used to go up there. And I used to go over back the script, and I used to study it, and and yeah. and, and I used to see. I used to see what the senior players are doing wrong, and and yeah. So when it came springtime for me to to uh to, to start, cause we had two senior Sam linebackers, um, cause they end up moving my position from Will linebacker to Sam linebacker, um, right. With my wrestling background, playing over the tight end, and I was pretty good at that. And uh, I, pr- I, pr- I played in the spring game, and I had an interception in the spring game, and. Then I end up starting as a redshirt freshman. Then I started 48 consecutive games at Syracuse. Was first team all biggies. Redshirt, whether I was a freshman All American, sporting news freshman All American, um, my 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 first year. So um, all the hard work and everything of of paying attention and doing that um, paid off. Uh, and um, it was definitely um, it, I, it was definitely a lot more. I, I really liked the structure of college. Um, the, the plays because I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. I knew where I was supposed to be, and um, I didn't feel like I had to save the world. You know, I I know right. that this is my responsibility, but still, um, still try to run to the football. But it it was not like where I was trying to make all, all the plays because everyone had a responsibility that they're supposed to have now. Everybody's responsibility is always running to the football, but not everybody end up doing that, but I always kept that same mentality like the first year. Line up here, <laughs> don't be off that way to see the football, go get it. But at the same but at the same time I knew I, I had structure now. I knew what my right. I knew what the different coverages was. And it it was pretty I learned I picked it up a lot quicker than than any other players that's been playing a longer time than me. Because there were other linebackers that were there that just couldn't understand what hinge technique was. How right. you have to read and your proper alignment and reading in the backfield and how did you, did you come in touch with any like did you come in touch with any like jealousy or people that just didn't understand your process? Yeah, um, I think um, you, you because I was such a, a student of the game and I was learning so fast. You you had some guys that think that you're uh, what they call them brown nosing up to the coach and all yep. that other stuff. But no, I was a, I was I, I was interested in learning my position. I was interested in uh, becoming a better player. I didn't know anything about football, so it was right. like I just had to. I was always up there watching film, and and because I was always up there watching film, and the coaches were always up there game prepping and everything, they used to always see me and they be like, "Man, this guy's working really hard." You know, um, but but I wasn't doing it to I was doing it to better myself as a player. Right. I wasn't doing it right. so the coach could see me. You know, um, in most cases, I don't really like I don't really like uh, people to see me in, in my preparation uh, phase because I'm not doing it for, for I'm doing it for show. You know, I'm doing it for to make myself a better player and to make myself right. a better um, 
a student of the game, you know. You know, it's interesting, you know, the the way you talk, you know, I have played football myself, you know, throughout my life, not like you, but, you know, the, the way you describe learning is the way that a lot of people uh, learn through academics as well, you know, through visual inspection, through, uh, you know, understanding, reading, reading the plays and what have you, through science, mathematics, history, it doesn't matter what the subject is, but the way you describe learning football is, is a lot of how a lot of students learn information and people don't understand those. People. I'm that person. I, I never took a, no, yeah. a single note in college, a single note in college. I would start mm-hmm. stare at the teacher. I would listen to what they mm-hmm. say. Then I'd go back and do my test. Like how can you take a note? Like that's not how I learn. I learn by inspection. Yeah. I learn by, you know, receiving the information, studying the information and then going back and doing it. Absolutely. You know, um, yeah. it, you know, different people have different ways of learning. Um, right. Uh, some 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 people are, are visual, and they could just uh, basically they're like a sponge. Where where I felt like I was more like that as well. Um, um, but I think as the information gotten a little bit more, it was uh, good to take notes and to and to go over. The different right. plan, and then uh, also visually learn everything that you you have to do, and not just learn your position, but learn what other right. people are doing as well. So, so um, that will help you to play faster. And it, it sounded like your, your te- it sounded like your teacher taught you how to learn, which is which is not an you know it's an incredible concept to come across, but. A lot of American schools don't teach students how to learn. They just feed them information. Here's information. Here's information. Here's information. It seems like your teacher really worked hard at teaching you how to, how to learn what what he's trying to teach you. Yeah, um, you know um, that's one of the things um, that I, I was fortunate to have is, is is to have great coaches. You know, coaches that that um, look at you as a the players as individuals to try and help them right. to maximize their, help them to reach their, their full potential. And sure. um, uh, I was very thankful for that because I was one of those players that really needed that attention in, uh, in order for me to evolve into the player that I, I did. And, um, nice. and, you know, uh, and I learned a lot of things uh, along the way uh, too. And that's why I, I love, love the game of football so much is because, Football teaches you a lot about life. You know, it teaches you about um, um, overcoming adversity, teaching about um, working together, teaching teaching you about um, uh, camaraderie. You know, uh, right. um, chemistry. Teach you about discipline. You know, right. and also the whole educational process. A lot of people don't understand the playbook is really big. It's a very big playbook, and it's a lot of plays, and you have to make you have to make those decisions. Um, uh, like instantaneously, based on what the offense is doing. Um, so, so it's a very intelligent game, and it's not just a whole bunch of guys running into each other like I thought when I first watched. Oh game. yeah, like when, when I first no. seen a football game. Yeah, when 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 I used to when I first came over here and I used to watch it on TV, I used to be like, I never. I used to always skip past the channel because uh, um, go to the next channel yeah. because I said. All of these people are just running into each other, 
you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 and why don't the guy with the ball just run around the corner, like, real fast? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I understand. Like, <laughs> you just keep running into the crowd of people. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny. You know, but, it's, you know, like I said, ignorance. Football, you know? is, yeah, uh, football is chess. You know, it's a very difficult concept to understand. And, and you needed to be in the, in the role that you were in to understand that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's what was able to, to uh, teach me and help me to, to understand that. And, and then, um, and I think another thing that also helped me, like I mentioned, the good coaches, but a good sure. school, you know, Coach Paul, Paul Pascoloni. He was at Syracuse for 14 years. He won, um, went to Fiesta Bowl and uh, Sugar Bowls and uh, I think the Sugar oh, Bowl, Bowl, yeah, it's the Sugar Bowl, <laughs> Orange Bowl. Um, and so he 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 was able to go to some big bowl games and had good coaches and and uh, we we uh, that's what helped me to in my overall development as a player. And when mm-hmm. I went to, I remember when I went to um, Miami. Now in in Miami the defense was a little bit more simplified. Now, we did a lot of you, stuff. This is the NFL, or part. is this? Yeah. In the NFL, when I got drafted, the defense was more simplified, and I say it like this based on where I was coming from uh, in Syracuse, because one of the things um, in the NFL what they try to make it do is make you, you um, play with your natural ability, and right. don't try to give you so much things to remember. Um, just, just do what you do and do it well, you know. So, so, t- so tell, tell me about that drafting process that took you from Syracuse to Miami. Okay, well, you know, um, the first of the first process is, you know, is getting invited to, to, well, the, the first process is being able to get on the, the, everybody's radar. Um, right. I, I was, I remember my junior year, I ran like a four four two on my pro day at at uh, Syracuse, which was a four four two. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, a four four two. Yeah, electronic time. Uh, at, uh, <laughs> at 235. <laughs> What, what yeah. are you? What, what are you a monster? What What are you made of? My What is going on with you? My God, that's it's insane. The, it, it, it's the oxtail. I remember the act and then I'd be like, "Hey, it's the oxtail." It's the oxtail. Oh, <laughs> Please tell yeah. your mom to make me more oxtail. I need more oxtail <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. You know, I really, I really wow. enjoyed uh, eating food and stuff. And yeah, so I, I, uh, so, um, so that got me on their radar. My senior year, right. I made the first team off the East, but uh, the we didn't go to a, we didn't have a very good offense since ever since McNabb left. We we really struggled on the offense, um, losing Donovan McNabb to, to the Eagles um, because you know he got drafted. He was number right. two pick overall. Uh, and uh, uh, and then, but we had a pretty good defense. You know, we had Dwight Freeney there, Keith Bullock, um, uh, myself. Oh my God, had, I remember uh, this year. That's insane. Yeah, and and we so I, I was um so so my senior year um, when I was there, I yeah. uh, I, I I wanted to 
because we didn't go to a bowl game that that year, I wanted to still right. maximize the opportunity of going to a bowl game. So there were some um, bowl games that were there for seniors that were entering the draft. So I went to the Blue, Blue Gray game, um, and I made 18 tackles in that game. And then I went down <laughs> to the senior bowl. <laughs> here, here goes the 18 tackles again. I know. Um, that 18 number is really good for you, man. <laughs> and, and then I had a fumble recovery too. Uh, yeah, and then wow. I went down to the senior bowl. I went down to the senior bowl, and I, I played in senior bowl. Then I went to the combine, and I and I performed well. Mel Kiper, Mel, Mel Kiper uh, Jr. Uh, said said that every all the linebackers all all the linebackers did what they were supposed to do, but the talk of the day was uh, Syracuse Syracuse mm. Marlon Greenwood, who did exception exceptional in all of his drills, and repeatedly caught the ball like a wide receiver. I remember they wow. said that. Wow. Because <laughs> I had, had I always appreciate that, you know, that Mel Kuyper had uh, said that. I, I never met him before, but uh, uh, if I ever meet him, I'm going to make sure I shake his hand for that, um, for, oh, um, no. for what he said. And, and then I remember when the draft draft is coming up now, it, I, I went over by my coach's house. Um, I had it there because I was very, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have uh, even played football. Right. So we all went over there. But it was very nerve-wracking because they said I could get drafted anyway from the end of the first round or to third round. But I'm going to get drafted right. on the first day, right? So I was okay. like, okay, all right. Let me not have all these bunch of people here sitting here watching me and me not get drafted, you know. It's going to – I'm going right. to – I would more rather be there by myself than uh, other people being disappointed that I wasn't uh, um, makes sense. feeling sad. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was there. So first round goes by. Um, they only draft one linebacker, Dan Morgan, uh, who was at uh, Miami. You know, they draft yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, they didn't draft another linebacker. I'm like, what's going on? The, last, the previous year, they drafted seven linebackers in the first round. You know? Yeah, that's the, they, that's they, the first round. That's the first round, receiver. though. Yeah. Yeah, like um, they were drafting a bunch of wide receivers. I think the way the draft goes is whichever position they start drafting and other teams want to draft them so they don't lose them. You know, they if if a wide receiver – if they have a good group of wide receivers, they want to draft those wide receivers. A good group of tackles, um, defensive tackles or, or um, cornerbacks, they want to make sure they they, they they draft the cornerback before they lose all the good, you know, all the top corners. Are. Right. So my year, they were drafting wide receiver. So second round comes around, and they draft another linebacker, um, uh, Kendrell Bell. And, uh, ben Kendrell Arbor. Bell. Yeah, Kendrell Bell with Pittsburgh. You know, uh, Pittsburgh <laughs> drafted them, and then I him. then going on down. Then uh, I remember then the Eagles they drafted Quentin Carver uh, from what uh, I think it was from Arizona. I think he he had went to um went to school, and then it went down, and then then um I, I think there was two linebackers in the second round, and then then third round comes around, and my agent called me and was like, "Hey Marlon, Miami is gonna draft you in the." In the in the third round, so I said, okay. He said Miami's gonna draft. All right. So third round came around. The, the um the, the Green Bay drafted Torrance Marshall, who from Oklahoma. Then uh, who which other linebacker that they drafted? Yep. I, 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 
I, I think there were about seven seven linebackers that drafted before me. Um, and uh, Miami comes up to their third pick in the third round, to their uh, pick in the third round, and they draft Travis Minor, a running back from Florida State. <laughs> right? Get out of and here. And I'm sitting in I'm sitting in my seat like I'm not gonna get drafted today. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> because they, 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 they had, back then they had two they had two rounds, right? They had the first day was a uh, uh, first round to third round, then the second day was fourth round to seventh round. And here right. I am, like my heart starts start pumping now, and and I'm like, you know, and uh, you know, and I'm sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and I remember. Um, then finally, I deform, the, the phone rings, right? right? And when the phone rings, it was Miami calling. They traded their right. second round pick up the following year to, to draft me in the third round. So, so the, they traded their second round pick and they drafted me in the third round, the 88th pick overall in the third round. Then I was, wow. then I was drafted and, and then I could relax. But that entire time, I was so like, I was trying to keep my cool. Um, but now it was over. <laughs> I knew where I was going. <laughs> right, right. And it's time, and and it was time to get to work, you know. And right. um, I was uh, I was pretty 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 happy about that. Yes, but no, but, no. but it was a and and uh, and and that's why I relate to Tom Brady. Remember, you know, Tom right. Brady was a six round draft pick, and he and he thought it should have been drafted higher. And Correct. one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why he has such a chip on your shoulder because imagine um, mm-hmm. sitting there, all the people expecting you to to get drafted, and and the people right. that are rooting for you, and and the disappointment. To, it's um, humility. It's, him it's almost humi- it's almost humiliating. Yeah, almost humiliating. But at the same time, nothing. What is supposed to happen is supposed to happen. That was supposed yeah. to happen to him for him to have that chip on his shoulder and for him to get landed in New England to to link up with uh, Bill Belichick right. and to have the career that he's had. I mean, he, he's I mean, still yeah. playing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. So. And he's, he's, he's in his 40s. And a lot of people say that he, should, he shouldn't continue to play. But if you can play, you, can, you should continue to play. They say the same thing about baseball, Absolutely. about the Oreos and what have you. And if you can play, you should continue to play. I don't believe in ageism. You know, just the same way I don't believe about racism, dude. I don't believe in yeah. ageism. Dude, if you can play, you can play. And that's all I have yep. to say about that. But Miami is a, is a fantastic team. I mean, they they are a great team. They, You know, their, their state may suck. <laughs> Excuse me, guys from Florida. <laughs> I really apologize. But their state may suck. <laughs> but their football teams are incredible. Yeah. Miami... Um... Is the only have the only undefeated um, season in the NFL. Um, the the Patriots came close to to breaking that one year when they lost to the Giants in the in the um, Super Bowl when David Tyree had that uh, immaculate catch um, that right uh, catch on the on the helmet. Actually, David uh-huh. Tyree, uh, I played I played with him at Syracuse, by the way. Uh, he he was a uh, Great oh, really? work or hard working guy. Yeah, I remember when he was on scout team and and how he used to give us a good look all the time, um, and then he ended up starting and and so I always recognize guys that and I see their work ethic and I see um, their drive. So they, they work. They work. 
they work hard. They've got great coaches. Yep. They've got great teleplay. They work. They, they study so hard. You know, and I think they're really kind of an underlying team where people just don't give them enough credit. But they have some of the most winningest teams, most winningest coaches, um, some of the best plays, some of the best players, the most consistent yeah. players in NFL history. And I'm telling you, they are the people to be, or at least people to play with. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you, you think about Miami, um, when I was down there, we, we, we had such a, a, a good group of uh, people. Um, we, we had a defensive defensive lineman, Daryl Gardner, who was like six seven, like Oh, Daryl Gardner, pounds. yes. And he was like uh, six or five percent body fat, man. Uh, the guy had, yeah. was so ripped. I was like, man, uh, <laughs> you talk about <laughs> what does he eat? I know he probably eats three plates of oxtails. Uh, eat serving. <laughs> <laughs> but, we used uh, to call Daryl Gardner an Adonis uh, of the way he was built. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, uh, seriously, seriously. And then we, we had Tim Bones. Uh, Tim Bones uh, uh-huh. um, was a really, really good, good. Uh, um, defensive lineman Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas, Ricky Williams uh, was on the uh, offense. Uh, you know, I always Sanders. saw I always saw Ricky Williams was was not um, noticed enough. You know, um, yeah, uh, you're right, and but but at the same time, Ricky was kind of he he didn't really, in a sense, it was kind of like me, you know, where I. I I was a, a player where I let my, my play playing talk on the field, but off the field, I, I didn't right. want to be seen. <laughs> you know? oh, um, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> you that know, makes like, sense. Like, no, like I know what that means. Yeah. And, and I kind of wish I, I kind of wish I had taken advantage of that a little bit more. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, the squeaky wheel uh, gets the grease. So the other guys who have big mouths, they have huge careers and what have you, but even if you are, are a gigantic player and one of the best players in the world, if you don't talk to the media the mm-hmm. way they want you to talk to them, they, they don't really receive you the same way. And I, I, I I've exactly. never really, I, I've never really understood that because, you know, you're you're playing to do the talking. That that's just me yeah. though. You're playing to no. do the talk. Hey, listen, if you're a boxer, it's the same way. If you don't talk well. If you don't speak eloquently or well, they really will not pay attention to you as well as they will some jackass who who, who doesn't do as well. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I totally agree with that, and that's like something that um, I've always I've always uh, paid attention to, and always wonder what, what, why it's like that. It's kind of like, but but they they understand that that's what self fights, you know. People going out there talking, hyping up the entire fight and everything. And but one of the things I never like to do, I never like to open my mouth and then something else happened because then it makes me right. feel real bad. Like uh, I said, this was going to happen and it didn't because it will really, I, I, I really, when I say something, um, I want to, I, I want it to come to fruition. So I rather not say it uh, and let it, let it happen, knowing internally that's what I wanted to happen. And then when it happened, then. And talk about it. It's like the thing about helping my family. 
when I signed with right. Houston, that was the first time I told my family that I wanted to do this since I was five. And that took like 21 years. You know, um, sometimes when you're going to accomplish something, you you you, you want to make sure that you uh, um, accomplish it first before you go out to go out talking about it. Some people, they talk about talking into existence and everything, which is good. Right. But um, right. And, and sometimes you have to talk to people to let them know what you want to do. Um, yeah, I'm like I spoke to my coaches and let them know what I want to accomplish and stuff. But they're you know they're I, I need I need I need to go back to, to your to your parents. You know you, you're you're getting you know drafted for the NFL, which is I mean seriously one of the biggest sports athletics teams in the planet Earth. How how are your parents feeling at this moment? You know my father. You know my father and my mother. Um, they were kind of, you see where I, I get the same thing from. It's like, they just wanted it to happen for me. You know, yeah. it, it, it wasn't like, uh, they didn't, wasn't getting excited about it because I wasn't drafted yet. You know, I didn't even make a, I didn't even make a play in the NFL. You know, they, they just want to see you established, you know, you know, they, they want to see you. Um, do your best. So it wasn't like a, cause you have some 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 uh, people which which I I I don't I w- let this be like a learning for them. It's like they they kind of wanna put themselves in the spotlight of their of their um their their child or their you know or if someone. That, that's coming up. They they want to make it seem like they're the one that's getting drafted, you know. Sure, sure. When it, when it's really not about them, it's about so. So my parents, they were more concerned that they wanted it to happen for me so bad that they were just real, really uh, humble about the situation and just wanted to see me get on the team and want to make sure that I was healthy because they know they knew football is still a, a dangerous sport. You know, you could still uh, get hurt and get injured pretty badly, which you know, I had to deal with a few injuries um, playing and I had to play through pain and all that other stuff um, just to make. So so it wasn't just out there just making plays out. You know, a lot of times I, I was out there in in a lot of pain. But, you know, uh, you learn how to overcome that because uh, you learn how to suppress your your uh, tolerance. Um, um, right. So increase the tolerance of pain and suppress the, the, the pain uh, to really accomplish the things that you want to do. And, um, so, so your parents yeah, you weren't know. the kind of parents that were like, you know, wanting that big payday or wanting you to make those millions so they could live a different life. So your parents were not those people. No, my parents were not those people. And uh, I, I want to tell you that um, the people that really care about you are the ones that um, they're not, not going to ask you for anything. Don't want to make sure that you're OK. You know, and uh, sometimes the people that care about you the most is the one that don't um ask you for anything and the ones that you just meet and you 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 just meet and they know that you're you're a football player and stuff they weren't with you when you were going through the development phases right. when you were going through the ups and downs and when you were struggling and and but they see now that you're you've made it and you're in the NFL and you and 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 now they want to be your friend and uh Sometimes right. some for some of them, you know, uh, you get taken advantage of uh, um, sometime, and and that's what really really hurts more because the people that 
it should have went to sometimes end up going to a, 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 a scammer, you know, right. or someone that's just um, looking to take advantage. And that's what really, uh, that's, that's a situation that I've learned over years uh, to, to be able to identify better um, that I wasn't able to do before. Because when I used to see someone, I see someone as myself that's coming up trying to make make something good for it for themselves, trying to accomplish something for their family, trying to accomplish something for themselves. Right. And sometimes when, when they give you that story, it kind of touch, touch you in your heart so you know that you were in that position one time and now that you're in a position to help, you want to help to assist. But most of the time, they're just giving you a story to um to to make you uh to make you give up the dough. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, but you know, I learn, I learn, I learn. You know, you have different phases in life that you learn. You know, in life, yeah. and everything in life is a lesson or a blessing, and and you learn it, and you just uh yeah. Well, when I, you know, when I met you, you, you were uh, very generous and very kind. And I've met a lot of NFL players in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they play into the stardom and the uh, hoopla. And they just, uh, they, they, you know, it's very hard to, to get in contact with them, even though at one point they were nobodies. But uh, it was know, very I'm easy. What? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because... I never could have understood that when I when I was on the NFL team, and I used to see how some of them used to act and how they used to carry on. I used to be like, I would never really hang out with any of you guys, uh, because uh, it, you know they kind of just felt like they were above right. um, other people, like like they That's were right. they, they like they weren't in a position when they didn't have anything where they were just yeah. Trying I, to I don't need to I don't need to talk to you. Yeah. What do I need to talk to you for? You're nobody. It's like you were nobody like yeah, five like, minutes ago. Like what are you talking about? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and uh, I I absolutely that that um that 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 makes me yeah I yeah. I I absolutely don't don't like when people act like that when they're not um, grateful of the situation um, that they're in um, when they try to look at other people and belittle them like like they weren't. They that they weren't in a situation like that before, and like right. they were just like they were, like they were born into the NFL, like they were just rolled out of bed and be like, yeah, I'm in the NFL today, and <laughs> and, and even and, and even if, and even if you were born into the NFL, you should be appreciative of it, you know. Oh and, yeah, and, uh, it's and, a it's and a blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and treat people w- with respect and um and uh, and uh, but. But on the flip side, you could go go at it at this this time where you, you don't make it make it change your attitude or you try to belittle people. But I think some of the reasons why some of them act like that or get in in such a way way like that is because they feel like sometimes um, because they do get taken advantage of. You know, some of them, a lot of these players getting taken advantage of, and and that changes people. Uh, oh so yeah, maybe that's, that's a nice the person before. yeah. That's the other way. Whereas they get taken advantage by their families, by their friends, by their crew, mm-hmm. and they just and yep. at the end of it, they have nothing, and they're selling cars for a living. Yeah. That's that's the other mm-hmm. side of, of that cruelty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
it's, it's like you mentioned, they're cruel. Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody's your friend, and everybody that uh, that knew you feels like they you you owe them something. You know, when um, they weren't part of the building process, um, right? And in you in you making it, the only person that that um, um, you you owe is your parents. Of your parents, and I'm saying that because some people even have said that you know you don't owe your parents anything. I'll be like, man, shut your mouth, <laughs> um, because uh, because because you know you can't be that selfish where you you, you can't say that. Um, right. You know how 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 hard it is to 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 raise a family and to support the family and make sure that right. you 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 have a roof over your head, and make sure that you have food to eat and stuff. You know, I'll, um, I'll say some uh, I'll, I'll say like something that. else, my friend. You know, it, it, there is no rule book on how to be a father, and there is no rule book on how to be a mother. And you know, it's it, for some people it's difficult to be those things, and they, sometimes they don't give. Uh, what is accurate, but, but people turn out to be extreme or incredible human beings, or maybe they were great parents, or maybe they were great mothers and what have you, you know, have they earned, you know, the same kind of accolade that their children have gained? I don't think so. Should they get something back? Listen, your, your, your parents have, have, have given everything to you. I mean, so, something should be said there. No, absolutely. Um, something that should be said, un, unless you're you're in a you're, you're in a in a household that was abusive, and uh, you know your your parents. Then well that's said. A different story. Well you know, said. Um, Thank you. And and so so that's a difference. But if your parents did everything to to try to make sure that you were provided for and try to give you the best advice that they can. Right. Um, uh, to, um, then you know, I, I think when I think when you are in position, not not that you're not when you're in position to help, you help. And I'm and and mark my words carefully when I said when you're in position, because some right. some some sometimes you're not in position to do so, but it doesn't mean that you will not get in position to to do so later. Um, so if right. you can do it at that time, you you can help. Uh, but 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 if you can't, um, your parents are not gonna. Uh, good parents are not going to um, yeah. uh, pressure you to know that you you cannot help. But if well, you can you do know, it, help. I, I had a friend who was a well, world, uh, you know, a world champion in boxing. Huge, great, great boxer, fantastic human being. Loved him to death. Excellent friend, and I I, I do. To him, what I do to every single radio host or radio uh, participant, where I, you know, I asked him about his mother and his father. His mother was no longer his life, but his his father was incredibly abusive. And I asked him, I'm like, well, don't you want to, you know, make amends with your father? He looked me straight in the face and he goes, no. <laughs> and he was adamant that he wants nothing to do with his father. And it's one of those things of like, what are you going to do? It's like this guy was abused by his father wants nothing to do with him and he has nothing to do with his success. So that's, that's that. We're going to put a period in that sentence. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's kind of the situation that was, um, that's the situation that I was uh, talking about. It's it's unfortunate um, um, for kids that have to go through that um, because, you know, kids especially, you know, look up to their parents and, you know, um, adore them and, 
and and to really take advantage and to uh, to uh, really take advantage of that innocence of. of well, the, I, I've, of I've, I've seen that I've seen that a million times. Let's, let's go back before we continue on with your with your Miami career. But let's go back. Have you, have you ever seen that like growing up in like soccer and wrestling and football? where the parent cared more about the sport than the child? Yeah. I uh I definitely seen it in 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 all of it. Uh especially like in um I know I've seen it in wrestling. I know I've seen it in in, in soccer. It's it's almost like it's it, it's almost like there was a there was a guy, um Zach Thomas was it Zach Thomas? I don't know. One of my teammates had told me a story. Yeah. That there was a player, like in in high school, his his father basically used to come watch a game, right? Right. Um, yell, 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 and if he ever loses the game and how he played, be be yelling at him, right? Now, now, mind you, you have the coach. Yeah, you have the coach that's. Uh, that's upset about it, that's doing the coaching and stuff. So right. now you have your father. Now you have a father that you look up and that's supposed to be supporting you. And, and he's yelling at you, telling you all the things that you're doing wrong, opposed to telling you, opposed to correcting you and, and, uh, and, and, um, and encouraging you on the things that you, you are doing right. You know, so, so that's, that's one of the things that you have to do to be able to help, help someone grow. You know, you, you right. have to um, um, support them on the stuff that they're doing right, and correct them on the things that they're doing that they're doing wrong, without making them feel bad about it. Because you know what, we're all human beings; we're gonna make um, mistakes. And you see, right. you, you will see someone really, really thrive. So he used to do that, and then he used to go home and watch it, watch the game again, and and uh, you know, let him have it again. Now imagine how <laughs> much, um, how much. Uh, um, pressure and how much um, how, how how depressed that will make a, a child, you know, uh, going through things like that. You know, it's 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 kind of like you're you you're caring so much about the the football that you totally forgot about loving your son. Basically, right. telling them about how much you love them and how much you care care about them, and and so you have to be very you have to be very careful. And I've and I've seen it over and over again. You know, um, uh, some some parents really push their uh, kids over the limit uh, because sure. they they really want it to happen so bad for themselves. Really, remember I told you about it's it's the um, it's a parent that want to act like they're the one that's getting drafted, or and it's their <laughs> yeah, and, it's their, and the kids are their property and all this other stuff. Sure, <laughs> you know, same thing like that. So I've seen it, and I've never liked that either. You know, I've never liked that no. either because. Um, my father have never done that um, to me. You know, my father yeah. used to always mo- motivate me and tell me to be the best that I can be in in everything, and and just let me tell me to believe in myself. And uh, even sometimes I, when I would be worried, he would just always, just just always have a way to calm me down. You know, because right. I wanted to, I wanted to win so bad. You know, I. In 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 high school, I was also five-time state champion wrestler, and I became my coach first state champion in uh, 29 years of Freeport High School. Wow! Um, 
and uh, my, my senior year, and I won the freestyle states and I won the Empire State Games uh, uh, um, three times. That's fr- that's frightening. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, and, and uh, yeah. So you know, um, you know, every, everything that I do, I just try to do my best. Like I do with the music, I also sure. do the acting. I want to do more and more of the acting. Um, well, let's move, let's move forward. Let, let, let's, let's go on to Miami and let's let's keep on moving forward into your career. So, so my, you're yeah. in Miami. You're having a great time. You know, how does that how's that working out for you? Well, uh, first of all, I, I I like Miami because uh, I have family down there and it's close to Jamaica. And yeah. um, my uh, my father used to come down there and he used to come to the games. Uh, I my first year, it was difficult. Uh, first couple of years, I mentioned here I was projected to be the starter in the yeah. NFL. Um, but they, Jim Bates, defensive coordinator, he pulled me aside and told me, Marlon, we've never had a guy that come to the to the Dolphins that picked up the defense as fast as you did. And I was at the time I was look, looking at him like, ah, uh, you know, he's probably just um, blowing smoke, right? And uh, right. And he was like, like, Marlon, I'm serious. I've never seen somebody pick it up how fast as you picked up this defense. You know, this is this is just amazing. And uh, and at the time, I was just still not letting it get to my head because I knew I had a journey to go because I was on the second team because there was a guy that started the year before. So right. we go into training camp now. We go into training camp and I'm doing pass rush. Well, I'm doing the pass rush. I uh, put a move on the running back, and I kind of jumped in the air a little bit, and I came down on my foot. And when I tell you, hmm. when I came down on my foot, I heard something pop. Oh. And and I and I, I I was down on the ground, and I stayed there. And I remember Derek Rogers came over. He was the uh, the wheel linebacker, and he said, and he said, Marlon, are you okay? And I looked at him, and I was like, No, I'm not okay. You know, but the way I said it, he thought that. Nothing was wrong with me, but right. I was always able to, you know, I was always able to to to, to keep things inside, you know, um, not like if it's kind of like if if I'm if I'm telling you it hurts, that means like like when I do physical therapy, I said I tell them like if 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 I go it hurts, it really means it hurts, you know, <laughs> it, it's like ah, you know, but but if I say if I say it's hurting right there, that's what it really means. If you don't hear anything, it doesn't mean that another. But because you know, over over the years, you know, I've learned how to not show it. You know, so how I felt. So it kind of like you become, but you're still dealing with the situation. So so when I told him when I told him that, I said I'm not okay. And then I went and I remember I went to do the MRI on my foot, and the MRI couldn't pick it up. And then they went to do an X-ray, uh, and they found out that I had a sewing needle in my foot wow. uh, um, because I used, to, I used to walk barefoot on the ground in Jamaica. Yeah. And uh, and um, and one time I remember stepping on something that my feet hurt for like three days. So here I am playing all these years, and I had a sewing needle in my foot, and I didn't find out about it until my foot got hurt when I was in Miami. Jesus Christ. Then I had to, then that they, my foot was swollen so big 
that they had to put me in a cast. I was on crutches for like uh, uh, a month. Did they take the needle out? No, actually, the, I went to see a foot specialist, and the, the foot specialist said that uh, because I had it all this time, and it and uh, never really, it never really bothered me. Even though it had bothered me over the years, when you don't know that there's something in there, you just think that you're you're just having an ache, right? <laughs> right? Okay. But but he was saying that he he was saying that if you to take it out, you would have to cut through all the the soft tissue and all the ligaments and stuff like that, and could cause more damage. And uh, right. so I remember the time I was in the booth and I was so uncertain about my future, what was going to happen to my future. Right. And here I am, I work this hard um, to to uh, help my family, and no no I'm. Oh my crutches, you know, like, am I going to be able to play again? I remember the doctor pulled me aside and said, uh, you know, I'm telling you that you need to have surgery on your foot. The way that when they look at the x-ray and they saw how the bones were scattered, they, they said, you need to, they need to go in there and put a screw on your foot so that you will hold the bones in place. So you, cause once you start playing again, it's just gonna, your foot is just gonna, not going to be able to hold itself together. Right. And, um, that was tough because uh, if I get surgery, I miss the season and I miss my opportunity. And I just prayed, you know. I just prayed, and yeah. um, I remember uh, I just they they went to the training room. They put the stuff on there. They put the stuff on my foot called ostrich. I used to call it what I used to tell them, give me some of that ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> but but but, but ostrich is uh, it's the thing is so. It's it, it's like a it's like an ointment that you rub on your foot. It's an ointment so strong that the the ointment itself puts your foot on such fire that you forget about the pain. If you understand what I mean, it's it's, it's like such a such a strong ointment. So I used to put that on there, get my foot taped and all that stuff, and you know, take the other anti-inflammatories, and you have the Toradol and all the stuff to help you deal with the um, the pain and stuff. And then I went out there, started practicing, and I remember three games into the season, the coach called me up to the office um, because I wasn't even playing. I missed the entire preseason. You, you know, wow. you, you have to understand how, how that felt. You know, senior senior opportunity dwindling, dwindling, dwindling down. I was in the hotel room, keeping my foot elevated, doing treatment, all that stuff. And uh, I remember. Um, I started practicing again like the fifth week and just going going through the motions and stuff. And um, the the season started. Then I was on a scout team and all the other stuff and and actually playing scout team for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, that's uh, yeah. That's weird. Having to play scout team and uh, having to play scout team and uh, you know and but I was playing against the the first team the first team offense, you know, and, uh, yeah. And yeah. I remember I, I, I was in three weeks, three games, three, three games into the season. I remember coach once that pulled me aside and was like, you're looking really good. You know, you, you, you're looking good. You, that's really encouraging. And, and, uh, I was like, thank you. And, uh, then I remember on Tuesday, my de- the defensive coordinator called me up into the room upstairs and when he called me up into the room, I was very nervous because 
I was like, what are they going to do? Because I, I don't know right. if they're going to release me. Or... Nobody <laughs> likes to be called into the room. <laughs> Nobody. And I'm telling you, he said, Marlon, you are doing so good, and, and you're starting to look good again. We would be remiss not to not to play you, and uh, we don't want to waste your talent. And uh, we're just going to – so this week we're going to start you against uh, – this week we're going to start you against New England, right? This is why we're playing New England after they won the Super Bowl. And I, he, he, here I am. I missed the entire training camp. I missed yep. uh, the entire preseason game. I have not made a tackle in the NFL. All right? And yep. uh, here I am going to start against the New England Patriots that won the Super Bowl the year before. Um, and uh, you, you, you want to talk about I've never been nervous before. Uh, because I've always been, I've always been anxious. You know, I used to I always. I know where this is going. Yeah. 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 But but that week I was like, I think I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is I, what nervous I feels like, like. I think I'm nervous because I'm like, cause, but so I, I I prepared and I do all the things that I normally do and I prepared and would watch a game and I remember what my coach did. My coach. Um, before the game started, he said, Marlon, I'm going to blitz you on the first play. And I said, yeah. And I didn't understood why he did that. But I understood later, after the game, and like a little bit later, also in my career. And when he blitzed me on the first play, I made the first tackle, and I was ready to go. Because you know what? I I didn't have to think about reading and reacting on the plays or anything. I just I just, you know, when you're blitzing, you just go and just make something right. happen. I love and that's what I did. And yeah, right. <laughs> and and that's and that's and that's exactly what I did. And um, I made eight tackles during the game. We uh, end up um, beating um, New England, and um, and you know, then everybody was happy, and then I just continued to play and continue to 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 develop and. Uh, so as I continued the first couple of years, you know, I played on first and second down. Didn't really play on the nickel package because they had some senior, senior, some some uh, veterans there, veteran linebackers yeah. there. Zach Thomas and and uh, Derek Rogers played on the nickel package. And then my third year, I was fortunate to play with. It was me, Zach Thomas, and Junior Seau. You know, playing with uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, linebackers, all pro linebackers, you know, and uh, I learned a lot from them. And I remember my first two years, I was still playing good, you know, I was playing good, being technically sound and all of that. But when Junior came there, Junior really, Junior really uh, showed me how to let it go, you know, like turn it loose, you know, not just playing, not just playing and doing my responsibility, just really just just doing my responsibility like a hundred and ten percent and just playing free. Because if you ever watch Junior play, that's how Junior Junior plays. Free. Yeah. And I absolutely. remember, I remember one time he told me he said, Marlon, w- when you go down there, you have to. He he said, you 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 have to. If you think it's run, go. If you if you read that it's pass, just turn and drop into your pass coverage. Don't try to make everything so perfect all the time. You know, you seem like you're playing to play perfect. You know, this game is, is, is just like you just got to go. And, and, he, and he taught me how to read 
Like, I already knew how to read the offense alignment, like the triangles that I learned right. in, in college. But he taught me how to read the alignment in a certain way where you can know what play they're running based on how the alignment looks. I was like, no way. He was like, I'm going to show you. <laughs> you know, Moreland, you know, I, I want to talk to you more about these things. You know, these are fascinating stories, and I, I love them to death, and I want to continue to talk to you about this. But we are running out of time right now. Oh, yeah, so, okay, yeah, I yeah, was thinking about yeah. that. No, yeah. we're almost hitting two hours right now. So, okay. I mean, I, I've just been enjoying this conversation so much. It's been such a long time since I've been able to talk to somebody about football. And you have such an insight and such, such a plug-in to what a lot of us are fascinated by. It's been a wonderful conversation. I, I want to talk about your, your contribution to music as well as mm-hmm. your contribution to – uh, you have a charity as well. Let's let's talk about yes. those real quick. Yeah, so um, music, I uh, started writing songs in ninth grade in high school once I figured out that all you have to do is make words rhyme and, and come up with a catchy hook. And that's what I did. And then I just continued to develop that because it's something I enjoy doing throughout college. And during the time in the NFL, when I was on crutches, you know, how they normally have the rookie stand up and sing a song. I was over there in the corner on my crutches. Because, well, you know, when you get injured, sometimes people, you know, that the team keeps going. Everything keeps going. And it seems like everybody just forget about you. But right. I remember uh, Jason Taylor was over there. And Jason was like, hey, Marlon, Marlon hasn't sung his rookie song yet. We don't care that you're on crutches over there. Come over here and come and uh, sing your rookie song. <laughs> and, uh, so I got up on my crutches and I hopped over there. <laughs> no, and, uh, that's nice. <laughs> and uh, I was doing the crutches and I said, you know what, I'm going to sing one of my songs that I wrote in college. And uh, they're like, all right, go. All right, cool. So I wrote one. So I, 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 I just sing the song I wrote. Uh, uh, it's called Blow the Skylines Out of Proportion. And the reason why I, I named it that is because people are saying that the sky is the limit. And I feel like even though you're saying that even though the sky is pretty on, um, out there, uh, I still think that you're still limiting yourself. Right. So that's why I said that. So I said that. That's why I said I'm going to blow the skylines out of proportion. You know, big meaning like I'm going to take off, take off through the through the outer limits. There's 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 nothing that I can accomplish. And when, after I finished singing that song, the PR guy by the Miami Dolphins said that that was pretty good and uh i was like yeah he thought it was blowing smoke and he was like uh no that's really good so in the off season after that after my rookie year he took me to the the studio and then i recorded my my first song um uh, and then we did a video to it next thing you know they're playing the video at halftime when we play playing the next year when we when we, when we're playing um new england again and I remember some of the players used to look up and they used to wonder if it was me and that kind of like throw them off <laughs> during the game. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, like uh, you know, because there was a lot of the players in there. Um, but um, yeah, I continued to write songs, and and then I ended up doing songs with uh, uh, Pitbull and Florida later on in my career. Um, when I was in 2009, when I was a free agent, um, uh, when when I was still waiting to to get signed with another team, and because I didn't want to just waste my time, I, I uh. I mean, I was still working out, but after I worked out, I would be in the studio and I recorded a song, Take Me There, which I did a remix with Pitbull. And I also did a song with Flo Rida, um called uh, Drop. 
And I have some other songs with uh, some reggae artists, Mr. Vegas uh, as well, Kimani Marley. I did a song with uh, uh, Kim, Kimani, who's uh, Bob Marley, Bob Marley's son, uh, yeah. one of Bob Marley's sons. I saw, and, I saw uh, him in concert, yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty good, uh, talented uh, group of people. He plays, the, he, um, he plays sometimes at the Bob Marley Fest. Oh, yeah. Yep, one, yep. And yeah, and so it's it's been a love of mine, and it's something that I I, I I will continue to do for for the rest of my life, which uh, it's it's um because I just because I like doing it, you know, and then hopefully I'll be able to do some um do some good things with it, with the music and everything, get in some movie soundtracks and stuff like that, and uh, um get them going. My website is ultimate five two five six dot com, ultimate. 5256.com um, Ultimate because Ultimate is my artist name. I think ultimately I want to do great things so that's why I named myself Ultimate um, yeah. my freshman year in high school. And 5256 because 52 was my, my number in high school, college, and with the Dolphins. And then when I went to Houston my number, did I switched to 56 so that's why the 5256. And uh, yeah, and, and that's there. And you talk about the, the charity, the foundation, now the foundation was inspired because I, I, it's a leadership and mentorship program for socioeconomic disadvantaged youth and adolescents. And uh, with the the, I wanted to be able to create a program to to provide leadership and mentorship for the youth uh, that's sure. coming up, that's looking for one. Yeah. You know, kids have all the potential in the world, just like me coming from Jamaica, wanting to help my sure. family, not knowing how I'm going to do it. I have my father telling me to do my best and do good in school, and I did that. And then I have my coach telling me, you know, you you to come out and wrestle and come out and play football. Because he, he uh, and and I and I listen, and uh, they see things in in my coach saw something in me I didn't re- fully realize in myself that I could be a good football player. You know, I was stuck right. on playing soccer because I'm from Jamaica, but he saw that. Uh, so that's where good mentors and guidance. And, right. and uh, leaders would be able to guide you in the direction of your future. And, and uh, now we're working on putting a facility in place out here in um, in Las Vegas where we can have these programs year-round for the kids. Cause we, we, we've been doing free football camps for the kids since 2015, back in my hometown in Freeport as well here, here in Las That's Vegas. Fantastic. And we're providing free quality camps for them. We're bringing the NFL players to come and mentor them and um, because kids look up to them, teach them about the importance of staying in school, staying on the right path and doing the right thing and never giving up on their dream and just working hard. And, and yeah. when I always see the kids leave with such a, such high um, energy and, and, and so inspired and just want to do great things, it, it made me um, want to offer this for them uh, on a continuous basis, which is the reason why uh, we, we're, we're uh, trying to establish a facility. Uh, where the kids could come after school, where they could provide football, yeah. basketball, you know, tennis, track and field, all these different things, sports for them, and as well as right. doing tutoring class and provide food for them and all of these programs yeah. for free. You know, Marlon, yeah. you're, you're one of those people, you know, both my parents were immigrants, and, and they, they did come from those countries that were, um, as your parents came from, you know, they, they didn't speak English and they didn't understand grants and and what have you. And you're, you're one of those human beings who would you call what I call ultra Americans that come to America, that 
do the best you can that give back to the country that did so much for you. And you do, you do everything you can. You're the Uber man. And I really appreciate that as, as a first generation American, as, as you are yourself, um, that you do do what you do. I mean, it's such a, a blessing to have the ability to do what you do. Uh, tell me, you know, for all the audiences out there, how could they contribute to your charity? How, how can they give back to you? Uh, well, you know, the uh, Marlon Greener Foundation website is uh, mg52.org. That's mg52.org. MG for Marlon Greenwood. 52 is for my number <laughs> that I played. Right. And it's, 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 it's a lot shorter than typing in MarlonGreenwoodFoundation.com. So, so <laughs> just uh, put, put it uh, mg52.org. Um, yeah. um, so uh, we, uh, you know, they could go to the site. They could see all the camps that we've done in the past and what we're doing. Uh, also, they yeah. can make a donation there. Um, we currently are working on the uh, MG52 food relief uh, uh, program where where we're going to be feeding 52 families at uh, Z Delta Academy, which is one of the schools that I mentor at and one of our partners. And uh, to be able to provide with, with some of the families being at home, you know, want to be able to provide food for those families so those so those kids can um, can learn. You know, without the proper nourishment and food. You know, some sure. most of the kids um, don't really learn anything because you know they they need that food for the brain. Um, yeah. uh, then we we also working on putting together a online leadership uh, um, entrepreneur program, uh, mm. which in you know, during the time with the COVID to be able to teach um, the kids in school more information sure. on how to be an entrepreneur and how to uh, you know little things about business that they may not know or they want to learn about. It's it's kind of like reason why it's always good to to um, provide these services is because when I thought about I was on the honor roll I honor roll each marking period in high school doing good in school but not even knowing that you could get scholarship right <laughs> you know it's like you were talking about you know knowing I know right you know grant <laughs> you mean to tell me that there's a grant all I got to do is is, is right. Uh, Right, what the program is going to be, and what, what I'm going to use the money for, and and uh, um, how is it going to help, and and you know different things yeah. like you know. After ta- after talking to you, you know the, the interesting thing is thinking about the perfect person to do things like this would be you, a person who experienced adversity, experienced you know a great family, but things things of the unknown. And constant mentors pushing you along and helping you out and helping you see a different perspective, even though you did not understand it. You know, you're the perfect person to help out other people, you know, and and that's what's amazing about you. Yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And and, uh, it is my absolute pleasure because uh, I'm I'm grateful. I'm very thankful for... uh, um, the 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 uh, opportunities that were presented before me, and um, I'm glad that I was able to take advantage of it, and I'm glad I was able to uh, be able to accomplish the thing that I accomplished. Um, yeah. One of the biggest one of the biggest thing that um, also was because you know my father, I knew my father uh, 
I wanted everyone to know how how good my father is. You know, my father yeah. uh father is like a jack of all trades. He fixed cars, he he um does carpentry work, he does plumbing. What's he his never full graduated name? high school. Hmm? What's his full name? Huh? Uh Owen Francis Greenwood. Hmm. That's his full name. Yeah. Uh O W E N Francis Greenwood, yeah. And wow. uh you know and so so uh you know, he was a big inspiration to me and uh I saw how hard he worked and uh saw how hard my mom worked too and um um so the the perfect combination of, of him and my mom created me and I was yeah. and I'm and I'm thankful for that. Um because yeah. uh it allowed me to be the person that I am, and um, I am. I just want to be able to do my part. You know, there comes a time in life when you realize what your um, what your purpose is and what you're supposed to do, and then That's when right. you realize that, then you just gotta just do it until your time here have expired, yeah. and then you um and and then you go back. But you want to make sure that you you do that. Each of us know that. Um, if yeah. if this uh. In different ways. In different ways. And show you different yeah. signs and what you should be doing. Um, so. And Moreland, so, before, um, before we go, you know, how could anybody reach you? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, social mm-hmm. media, a- anything. How could they reach you? Yeah, so they could reach me on my Instagram, which is uh, official Moreland Greenwood, um, M-O-R-L-O-N Greenwood. Um also on Facebook, Marlon Greenwood, and same same thing on Twitter. And for the foundation is uh, Marlon Greenwood Foundation on Facebook is MG52. But as long as they go to the the website mg52.org, it has all the links to the different social media for the um, the uh, foundation is concerned. But yeah, but they could reach me on my my, my Facebook uh, Marlon Greenwood, and uh, also on Instagram at official Marlon Greenwood. You know, yep. let me before we go. Let me ask you a question: Are you are you happy with the way things turned out for you? You know, um, I would say I'm 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 man. You know, it's I'm. It's funny you say that <laughs> uh, because you know what makes me happy. Yeah. No, actually. If, yeah, what makes me happy is knowing that um, everyone that everyone that I know is is living the same life that that, that I live. You know, so mm-hmm. I, to, to to be so, so so to answer your question, I would never, never. I was I was glad that I was able to do what I did to help my family, but I still wasn't completely, um, you know. I want everyone to live nice. I want everyone to be able to, to um, not just to take care of their household and stuff. Or, you know, I want them to be able to travel and go on vacation and, you know, be able to experience life the way it was supposed to be. So, I, I wouldn't say that. So my journey is not finished yet. Um, you yeah. Know, uh, because it's something that, uh, and I think that's. I think I'm still I'm still on that journey to be able to not just do it for my family but also do it for the the youth and the community and yeah. and that's where and that's why being able to provide these programs for the youth for free that they can get quality programs 
is basically creating good parents. The foundation is based on to be good parents for the for the youth within the community, so they can come, you know, they can get guidance. You know, more than I, you know, it may sound ridiculous, but I I would love to come out to Vegas and um, interview the kids, part of your program, and um, you know, just as promote it as much as I can. But I'd also like to have a like another conversation with you, you very soon. I mean, like within the next week or two, more about football, okay. more about your music, and uh, you know, music and, and football. You because know, we we ended our, our football conversation kind of short. I really wanted to yeah. talk more about football with you, but I also want to talk to you about your music and what have you. So, uh, but I've I also would adore come you know driving out to Vegas, seeing those mm. kids talking to them, talking about the program, and pushing that program as, as much as I can. Does that sound good? You know, that definitely sounds, that, that sounds great. You know, and that, that would be, you know, um, that would be something that happens, you know, next next year when we normally do the camps over the summer. But uh, sure. while we're doing the, the, the program, you know, the entrepreneur program that I'm talking about, the online entrepreneur program. Maybe maybe you can get a couple of these kids to call in who's been part of the program before, mm-hmm. and we can get them talking yeah. about, you know, how much it's helped them and, and things like that. That'd be great. Let's do absolutely. that next time. No, absolutely. Let's, let's do that next time. That sounds cool. Next let's time, let's do that next time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay? I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Yep, Thanks, my definitely. friend. Marlon Greenwood, thank you All so right. much for being on the show. Uh, you've been a blessing to more than one person on the planet Earth. We're going to clap you out, my friend. Watch this. Uh, oh, 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 there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, my friend. Great interview. Right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank, thank you very much for having me. God bless. Bye, Moreland. Right. Have a great day. God bless. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. You know, it's very interesting when you, uh, and thank you, Suzanne Bell, for bringing him on the show. Uh, It's very interesting when you have a person like that on the show who's a first-generation American from Jamaica, Peru, Italy, Mexico, I mean, Greenland, anywhere. They have a lot to say. They have a lot to be thankful for. I'm glad they talk about their family. I'm glad we talk about our family. That was a great interview, and I was blessed to have the ability to talk about football, which I love, and the struggles of going through grade school, high school, college. And then after college, like, where do we go? What do we do? That was a really great interview. I, Marlon Greenwood, I, you know, I, I really appreciate you. God bless you. You know, I, I, I know a lot of people seemingly are insulted by that comment, by the way. God bless you. But I say that because I'm mirroring other people. It means something to them. It may mean something different to me, and it may mean something different to you. But I want 
people to feel good about their lives and I want to make, make people feel good about themselves. So, may God be with you and God bless you. Moreland Greenwood, thank you so much for this interview. It was a blessing. And to you, all of you who are listening today, during this weird time, during this tumultuous time, please don't forget to think about you and yourself and your family, the mental trauma, the depression. We're during quarantine time and we're all a little sad. We want things to be better. We want things to last. And things don't seem to be going our way for some reason. I'm here to tell you that I I believe that it will be going in our ways. I believe in us as a country. I believe in you as a people. I trust you and I love you all. Constantly be positive. Think of the positive perspective of life and the universe. Wear your masks. Wear your masks. It's not political. It's just scientific. Be a good person. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Love one another. It's all we have. One another. And when it's all over, it'll be memories that we have of each other. Just memories. I want you all to live a good life. And I want you all to be better people. This is a moment of introspection. A moment to think about what we've done and who we are. I love you all. And I hope you're well. I think about you all the time. My name is Steve Pisa and this is Cinema Files Radio. Thank you so much for listening in. Please, be well.